Welcome, CE family! You know what? It might be your first time with us, and it may be that we see you each week, but we are so glad to see each of you right here today. So grateful that you're joining us. You know, you may have a prayer request, or it may be your first time with us, and you want to get connected. Just go ahead to our Church Experience website, go to the Connect section, and you can fill out a form, and we'll hear right from you and can get connected with you. But as for right now, let's go ahead and dive into today's worship, and I can't wait for the message right afterwards. Let's enjoy today together. Still, God, your hand will always be 
Dear Lord, thank you so much. for our salvation. For always following through what you promised us. You'll forever be exalted. You're beyond time. You always were. You always are and you always will be. Our God. And Lord, we ask that you put our guards down, break our walls down so that way we can receive your word. So that way we can grow closer to you, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So it was coming up on Christmas, and a young boy went to his mom and said, I would really like a bike this year for Christmas. Well, mom played it off really well, and she said, well, why don't you go to your room and write a letter to Santa? So this is exactly what he did. He goes to his room, and as he's on his way to pull out his little notepad, he remembers a lesson at church that Jesus actually gives better gifts than anyone. So he decided instead to write a letter to Jesus. So he sits down at his desk and he says, Dear Jesus, I would really like a bike for Christmas this year, and I've been a really good boy. He pushes back from the desk, he looks at his letter, and he remembers that Jesus knows everything. So he garbles up his paper, decides to start over and be a little more transparent this time. So he says, Dear Jesus, I've been a pretty good boy most of the time, and I would like a bike for Christmas. He smiles and thinks that's probably more accurate, but then he realizes his chances of getting a bike are still not as high as they should be. So he garbles the paper up and starts over and he says, Dear Jesus, I have not been a very good boy this year, but I'm sure I could be if I had a new bike. (laughs) Well, he thinks about his plan and realizes this is not good. So he leaves the house, goes on a walk around the neighborhood, trying to come up with a better approach to get a bike. He looks at his neighbor's garden and he sees a little statue of the Virgin Mary. He creeps into the garden, grabs the little statue of Virgin Mary, puts it under his shirt and and runs home to his room, stuffs her under the bed, goes back to his desk and he writes, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, then I need a bike for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun Christmas story, but The truth is you and I all want something for Christmas too, don't we? We have relationship goals as we head into this new year. We might have financial goals. We might have needs in our life here and now or health crisis or problems we're trying to figure out, but we all have things we want. We have things we need from Jesus. But how you decide to go after what you want is just as much and in many cases more important than what you actually want. 
how you decide. Today we're talking about big decisions. Big decisions that can transform your life and they might not seem like big decisions in the moment, but your life is a result of the decisions that you make. And as we head into 2022, there's many decisions that are being made here, especially around Christmas time. It might be decisions you make at year end as you're looking toward a new year, perhaps with your career, your family. It might be a decision that's made at a Christmas party, a decision that's laced with regret afterward. There's, there's all sorts of decisions that people are making this time of year as we reflect on last year and as we think about a coming year ahead. And we wanna talk about making good decisions, good decisions that, that please God. And there's many decisions that when we make can go wrong and really mark our lives in a very bad way. But then when we make decisions that are made well, they can result with incredible impact in our life and the lives of others. So today we're gonna to look at part of the Christmas story in Matthew chapter one. And my hope is that you will be equipped through God's word to make better decisions as you move into 2022. Because make no mistake about it, when you get to this point at the end of 2022, what will have happened between here and there and the success that you have, the fulfillment that you have, the fruit in your life and, and the impact that's made, it will be a result in large part due to your decision-making. So how can we make better decisions as we move into this new year? Let's look at the Christmas story in Matthew chapter one at Joseph's life, a guy who had to make some very important Christmas decisions. Let's look at Matthew chapter one, beginning in verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Come on, help me preach today and everyone say Jesus. That's right, Jesus, he's, he's the name above all names and he's what this Christmas story is all about. And the ultimate decision of your life is will you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's the greatest decision of all time. Yet there's still many other decisions that we need to make. And, and Joseph, I don't know if you caught this in the story, but, but he had multiple decisions to make. And I believe he made them all very well with the knowledge that he had at the time that he made them. So there's three specific decisions that Joseph made. The first one was when he found out that Mary was pregnant he did not know that she was not pregnant from another man. He would have assumed, like you would have assumed, that she had been sleeping around on the side and she had found another guy, another love, or perhaps it was just a bad mistake. 
But either way, she was pregnant, and so he decided to divorce her quietly. He decided to divorce her quietly. That was his first decision. He was trying to honor her in the way that he did it, but he was also trying to honor God and honor the law. He wanted to start his family the right way. He loved Mary, but he did not love the choice that he thought that she had made. And so he decided to go a different direction. He decided to go a different direction. The second decision is when he found out that this was truly a supernatural miracle, a one-time occurrence, a, a virgin birth. I mean, this is not something he'd ever experienced or been around. This is, he had no category in his mind for this, but this was a God thing. And she truly was still a virgin, yet she was gonna carry Jesus, God's son, inside her. What an incredible miracle. And so he decided to stay with her. He changed directions once again, and he decided to be faithful to her, to stay by her side, to be the earthly father of Jesus. He decided to honor what God was asking of him. The third decision that he made, very interestingly, at the end of that story, although they were already now establishing a family, they were committed to each other, he decided to be by her side. He decided not to consummate their marriage until after the birth of Jesus. So he decided to be pure and to honor God and to honor what was happening here in the situation. And so he made three very good decisions and all three of these decisions would impact Mary's life. They would impact Jesus' life and their family that they were establishing. It impacted his relationship with God. And now even us, as we read about this story so many years later, see Joseph's decisions had critical consequences and your decisions whether you realize them or not, have incredibly significant consequences for you and everybody around you. Your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, the people that will be in your life that you haven't even met yet, your decisions and your character, how you honor God and the decisions that you make, your decisions will mark your life and the lives of all those you come in contact with. Our decisions sometimes are made very quickly and haphazardly without thought to the consequences that will follow in the wake of those decisions. I'd like you to write this question down because I think this question is behind Joseph's framework for making decisions. In the matrix of how he chose to make decisions, I think this was part of it, write it down. What is God asking of me in this decision? What is God asking of me in this decision? What decisions do you have to make here this Christmas season? What decisions will you have to make as you move into 2022? What if you started asking this question and every decision that you have to make and the, the decision, regardless of what it is, you start asking, what does God want of me in this decision? With the, the person that he's brought into my life, what does he want of me? What does he require of me in this relationship? With this new opportunity over here, what is it that God is asking of me in this opportunity? How can I honor God with what's in my hands currently? How, how can I best decide to honor God in my present situation? See, your determination to honor God in your decisions, like Joseph did in every one of his decisions, your determination to honor God in your decisions will be a, be a major difference maker throughout your life and every life that comes into contact with you. What are you asking of me, God? What a great question to bring into all your decisions. Let's look back at the story down again in verse 24. It says, when, when Joseph woke up, he woke up from this dream and God had spoke to him and 
he realized that something special was happening in his life. It says he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary home to be his wife. It was out of obedience that he decided to do what he did. It wasn't, what do I feel like doing? Too many of us are making decisions. What do I feel like doing? You wake up today and, you know, what do I want? But it's a shift in our decision-making as followers of Jesus to say, God, what do you want? How about you? When you make decisions, is it about me? What do I want? Or is it about, God, what's best for your kingdom? What's best for the other person? How can I serve and honor you, God? What's best for me is how most people make decisions, but God, what do you ask of me? It's how a mature believer makes decisions. You know, we've been talking about over these last few weeks, uh, this next fund offering that we're receiving today. It's our special Christmas offering. You know, many of us are giving and exchanging gifts this Christmas, but we said we want to give a gift as a church to God. We want to give a gift to Jesus. It's his birthday that we're celebrating, and so we should give our biggest and our best gift to him. And what does he care about? He cares about his kingdom. He cares about his church. It's his bride, the bride of Christ. It's caring about those in need. And so we said we're going to do several things. We're going to, we're going to help the poor we're gonna invest in the next generation and teach them about Jesus so we can pass the faith on to future generations. We're gonna plant churches and help God's church take the gospel to new places. And we're gonna further strengthen and establish God's church by building up the physical places in which we meet, help get new churches into locations. So this has been part of the vision of the next fund and we're asking everyone to give an above and beyond offering to God through his church. Not to his church, but to God through his church. So as you look through the next booklet, you can see that God is doing some incredible things in our church family. One church, many experiences. We're seeing God work in communities and bring people to Jesus and churches being raised and built up. There's so many great things that God is doing and that we believe he will do in the future. There's no question it's an exciting vision and leaders communicate vision, but it's the people that determine the speed of the vision. And by your generosity, you can accelerate the vision of what God is doing through your church. You can give an incredible gift to God and say, God, I want your kingdom to come in our community and beyond. I want your church to be built up around the world. Jesus, please, may your kingdom come and your will be done. And it's as his people sacrificially give, meaning above and beyond. It might mean that you say no to other things so that you can say yes to this above and beyond offering. But this is our Christmas offering that we do each year. And we're asking you to participate, everyone. We'd love everyone to participate in some way. Now, some of you came ready to give and, and you're ready to go, but some of you are saying, well, how can I help? I wanna be a part of it. The best place to go is to our website, churchexperience.tv backslash give, where you can select a drop-down menu that says next offering. And that will go to make an impact on all of our church experience campuses and through our church experience family to touch and change lives in Jesus' name. It's, it's our gift to him through our collective church family. We'd love to have you participate. And, and the best way that you can help is to set up a recurring gift above and beyond your normal giving to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give maybe once a month throughout this next year to help accelerate this vision for God's kingdom to come in our community and beyond. Well, let's take a look again at this Christmas story in Matthew chapter one because there's so much more that Joseph did when it came to his decisions that will help us as we make decisions, not just financial decisions or relationship decisions, but in every decision of our life. Matthew chapter one, look with me again, down at verse 19. Matthew chapter one, verse 19, it says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. 
because he honored God, he found out that, that Mary was pregnant. He knew it wasn't from him. He wanted to marry this girl. He wanted a family. There's so many things that Joseph wanted, but there's something that he wanted more. It says, because he was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph loved Mary. He wanted to establish a family with her, but there's something that Joseph loved even more. Joseph wanted to honor God's law. When you make decisions, is honoring God's written word a part of the framework of your decision-making? See, Joseph knew God's law. He knew God's expectation that, that sexual intimacy is a gift from God. It's, it's one of his many gifts to us, but he created boundaries around it. This was not our invention. This was his, and he said sexual intimacy Intimacy should only take place between a man and a woman in marriage for the rest of their life. In that context, in that protective and beautiful environment, that's where sexual intimacy should take place. And he knew that Mary was not married, and yet now she was pregnant, and he knew it wasn't from him. And so he decided to divorce her quietly, to separate from her, because, because he wanted to honor God's law. I want you to write this down and take this note today. We make godlier decisions after reading God's directions. You will make godlier decisions, decisions that please and honor God and that have God's blessing over your home and God's blessing over your life. You will make those sort of decisions when you base them on God's directions, his written word. How do you know if God told you something? You say, well, I had a dream the other day too, like Joseph. I had a dream, God wanted me to do this thing. And well, how, do, how do you know? Well, there's, there's a number of ways you could try to sort that out through prayer and advice and these sorts of things. But the number one thing is you go first to God's directions. And if you ever think you have a dream or an idea that might be of God, but it contradicts his word, you can guarantee that it's not of God. God will never contradict himself. It's his written word. It's why he gave it to us. So he's, he's not trying to trick us. He's not trying to confuse us. He's trying to guide us through life in a way that our decisions will lead to his abundant and rich blessing over our lives. So do my decisions honor God? Do my decisions line up with God's word? When I was a sophomore in high school, I don't know what it was, but I, I'd grown up hearing about the Bible, but I decided I want to learn about the Bible myself. So I went out and I got a new Bible and I got a devotional book. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to start reading this devotional book each and every day. And I would, I would open it up and I'd read the, the scripture and I would read the devotional and then I'd write in the little journal inside. And, and that, that changed my life. I think I went nine months without missing a single day. And I was so disappointed when I fell asleep and I, I missed that day because I wanted to make it to a year. And I was determined to do it. It took me a few years to do it. And I finally did. I finally made it a whole year, whole calendar year without missing a single day. And you know what? I still have that practice today of reading God's word for myself, not to prepare a message, not so I can teach anybody else, but so God can align my life every single day. I'm in God's word. And you know what? It's been the greatest blessing of my life because it's led me to truth. It's led me to true love deep fulfillment and peace and joy. What if, what if your goal going into 2022 is simply this, to align my life with God's word, to align my life up with what he says is right, what he says is true, not what I feel like, not what I want to do, but what does God want of me? You know, if you're looking for a devotional book, you can certainly go out and purchase one or order one off Amazon, but you can also get the Version Bible app right on your phone and you can Look up lesson plans and you can hear the audio Bible if you prefer to get it that way. There's so many ways you can share and collaborate with friends. We highly recommend the YouVersion Bible app. It's something I use every day in, in my personal time alone with God and I'd recommend it to you. 
Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. As you expose yourself to God's word, it exposes what's really going on inside you. And as you open up your life to God and allow his word to penetrate into your heart, it's gonna transform and change you. So are you making your decisions based on God's word or on man's word? Well, I heard the other day, I read this on the internet. No, no, God, what do you want of me? And Joseph made his decision in this Christmas story and how he was gonna treat Mary based on who God was. Not how he felt, not on what he thought she did, but on who he was as a man of God and what God had expected of him. How do you make your decisions? How do you define truth in your life? I've chosen in our family, we've chosen to define truth in our decision-making based on God's word. Let's look back again at Matthew chapter one, verse 19. There's something else here you could miss if you just read quickly. It says this, it says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Quietly, gently, carefully, delicately. See, Joseph cared about Mary. He loved her. He was about to spend the rest of his life with her. It's just, unfortunately, he got this, what seemed like bad news that she was pregnant from another man. Now that wasn't the case at all. It was a divine miracle from God. It would be a virgin birth, but he didn't know that yet. God had not shared that with him yet. And so he was gonna honor God's law, but he wanted to do it quietly because he cared for Mary. You know, Fast and Furious is a great name for a movie. <laughs> it can sell a lot of movie tickets, but, but it's a terrible way to make decisions. Making decisions fast and when you're furious, you're frustrated, it's a recipe for a lot of hurt and pain. And many of us have been burned by other people's decisions that were made quickly and in their own agenda and their own timeline that hurt us. And we carry that with us. Listen, maybe you have been marked by a decision from somebody else and you need to forgive this Christmas. Maybe that's one of the greatest things that God wants to do in your life this Christmas is to release that bitterness. That can be a great decision. But we can all protect from those sorts of decisions being made in the first place by making our decisions carefully. You know, they say that truth without love is too hard, but love without truth is too soft. It's always a delicate balance. You might have to say some hard things to someone, but do it in love, do it in love. It's always better to resolve a conflict, they say, than dissolve a relationship. There's a story of someone, a part of our greater church family, her name is Soshi, and God has changed her life but she went through some really difficult things from some other people's decisions. Check it out. I was around like 10 years old whenever I first went to a church. I didn't really have a close relationship with God. It was more of a religion. It was something that I did because I was told I had to. I would go to church, read my Bible, but never really felt that closeness to pray to God because I felt like I had to pray correctly or else he wouldn't listen to what I was saying. When I graduated high school, I realized that there was still a lot of emptiness in my heart and I wanted to fulfill that the way I had been taught best to do, which was with God. So I decided to reach back out to the church and started attending church. 
Um, but around that same time was when I met my husband. He was down on vacation, I was working as a cashier, and we started talking and immediately fell for each other. The church didn't really like him because he wasn't a churchgoer, and the fact that they didn't like him made him want to go less to church. A couple of months passed by and I found out that I was pregnant and that's whenever I found myself as an outsider again inside of the church. People looked at me differently, treated me differently. It hindered my walk with God because I felt like I was carrying this shame that I couldn't talk to him anymore. I had done something wrong, and because other people couldn't accept me, I felt like God couldn't accept me either. I stopped going to church. My husband and I just continued to try and find our place in the world and make it as a couple now with, um, with our baby. Once we got married, I felt like I was finally acceptable again to go back to church and to try and rebuild that relationship with God and with my family who had never left the church. I just never really felt 100% welcome again after that. When 2021 came around, we decided let's move to Florida and I didn't want to lose sight of God. I didn't want to continue going on without him in our lives. So I started to look at churches in the area and I felt like I was lost. I felt like I wasn't seen. I would go in and leave and it's like no one ever noticed that I was even there. So then one Sunday, I was actually on my way to the church whenever the car that was in front of me turned into church experience parking lot. And I was like, this church has always been here. And I just drive by, you know, like it's five minutes away. Let me stop and see what they're about. So I did, I turned into church experience and it was just a completely different atmosphere. I was welcomed from the very beginning. I was greeted by friendly faces and just people who were truly happy to see me and my kids and noticed that we were there. Beforehand, I felt like I wasn't acceptable before God. I felt like I had to hide myself because he just wouldn't accept me the way I was. And now I feel like I've been able to see through the love of his followers that Jesus accepts us just the way that we are. No matter what your past looks like, no, no matter what you're going through right now, He will accept you and make you new. That is absolutely incredible to hear. But you know what preceded the life change story in her life? It was decisions that were not handled well. And other people's decision caused Soshi to pull away from her relationship with God, to pull away from his church, and to pull away from the support that she needed from others. See, your decisions can leave a lasting mark on other people's lives. I want you to write this down and never forget it. People-related decisions should be handled delicately. People-related decisions 
should be handled delicately. Maybe you've been out on a date night with your girl before and you pulled your phone out to take a selfie at the restaurant. You didn't want to forget the moment. You put your phone on away and later that night you were walking on the beach just as the sun was about to set. So you pull your phone out hoping to get a picture of this beautiful scene. And yet when you look in your phone, you don't see the sunset. All you see is eyebrows and a nose and ears. You still got it on selfie mode. And so you've got to change the focus so you can see what you really want to see. Some of us are followers of Jesus, yet we're still living in selfie mode. The angle of the lens in our life is facing toward us. What's easiest for me? What's best for me? What do I get out of it? And the shift for a mature follower of Jesus is to shift off of selfie mode and to shift into others mode. How can I serve? What's best for them? How can I give them what they really need? See, what the world does is they use people to get what they want. As believers of Jesus, what we do is we bless others so that they can get what they really need, which is Jesus. They need Jesus. And speaking of Jesus, let's look back at Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. What an amazing name for our Savior, Jesus. In the Greek, Iesus, which was translated to Latin, which was translated to English, which is how we get the name in English, Jesus. Iesus, which comes from the Hebrew, it's related to Joshua, Yehoshua, which means the Lord saves or God is deliverance. Jesus' name literally means that God is the deliverer. He's our savior to save us from our sins. It's an incredible thing. And Jesus came for that very mission. In fact, he gave us in his own words in Luke 19, 10, his one sentence mission statement. This is why he came. Here it is, look at verse 10. It says, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came. That's why he was on mission to find those who drifted away, who had been hurt by other people's decisions, to find those who had pushed away from their relationship with God and pushed away from community and the support that they needed to come and help them find salvation in Jesus and rescue. That's why he came. He was on a mission. And the next time you're making a consequential decision in your life, it's helpful to ask this question. The question is, is my decision aligned with Jesus' mission? So if Jesus gave his life to help other people experience a full life in him, do my decisions line up with that same mission? Or are my decisions about my own bottom line, about my own timeline, about my own agenda? Or have I submitted and surrendered my agenda and my will to God's will? See, if you're still living for your glory and your kingdom instead of God's glory and God's kingdom, you're still on selfie mode. You need to shift that so you can see what you really want to see, which is God's kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, God wants to use you to bless and build up other people, but you've got to change your decision-making framework first. You've got to change your decision-making framework first. Matthew chapter one, look back one more time with me in this story in verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What a beautiful name for Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. 
which means he's with you in your decision making. And I know some of you have some big decisions to make in your life right now. You don't have to make those decisions in isolation. You can seek God's wisdom for your decision making. You can find his discernment. You can get his courage to make and keep the right decision. I want you to write this lesson down. Every decision is a chance to draw closer to Jesus. And if you bring your decisions to Jesus, your decisions can bring you closer to him. Every decision is a chance to move closer to Jesus. I had a friend named Brian who came to me one Sunday and he told me about something that happened at his workplace. He worked at Sam's Club. He worked in the Asset Protection Division and he'd been there for about eight years. And he had a coworker named Joe who'd been there about the same length of time. And one day when Brian showed up to work, Joe anxiously met him at the door. And he said, Brian, I need your help finding Jesus. And what was interesting about this conversation was that Joe was not a follower of Jesus. And not just that he was not a follower of Jesus, he was really against it. And Brian had been very open and clear about his faith the whole eight years that they had worked together. And so now to have Joe standing at the door saying, Brian, I need your help finding Jesus was a big deal. So Brian launched right into the gospel and started telling him about Jesus and how to find Jesus and how to follow him. And Joe stopped him. And all of a sudden Brian realized that Joe was not having a spiritual awakening. He literally could not find the Jesus in the nativity scene. <laughs> it had been totally lost. And he'd come to Brian and say, I literally need your help to find Jesus because without Jesus, this is just a bunch of dudes in a barn. Not <laughs> these shepherds without Jesus, it just doesn't work. It's not gonna sell. And so they decided when they couldn't find Jesus to put the whole nativity set in clearance and mark it down 15%. <laughs> See, without Jesus, the guy said, it's just a bunch of dudes in a barn. It's just... There's not a lot of importance and significance in what's happening in this nativity scene if you take Jesus out. And if you remove Jesus from your decision making, you'll never find the significance inside of your decisions. You'll never fulfill the full potential that God has for you. You'll never find the real way in life, the real truth, the real hope, the real peace, the real joy, the real love, because all those things are only found in the name of Jesus Christ, our savior, the one who's come to deliver us from our sins. Listen, Romans chapter six, verse 23, God's word tells us this amazing truth. Romans chapter six, verse 23, God's word says, for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God made the decision to give you his son, Jesus. And Jesus made the decision to give his life for your salvation. Now you have to make the decision of what will you do with that amazing gift. It's the best gift ever given of all time. And it's waiting there for you to unwrap it this Christmas season. It's the gift of forgiveness. It's the gift of hope. It's the gift of joy. It's the gift of all the good things that God has for you. Not only eternal life, but the best life, your best life here and now in a forgiven and free, free from sin relationship with Jesus Christ. It's his gift to you. The question is, what will you do with that gift? Will you open it? Will you receive it? 
And for those of you who have it, will you share it this Christmas? Next Sunday's our Christmas service. Will you invite somebody and be here and show up with somebody who needs to hear the amazing news of Jesus? Jesus made the decision to give his life for you. Now you get to make the decision of what you'll do with your life. Right on? Come on, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for deciding to give your life for us. Thank you for the amazing example of Joseph here in your word who made very important decisions and he made them well because he chose to make them based on what you wanted, God, based on what your word said, based on what would be best for Mary and Jesus. And Lord, we want to make decisions that care for other people as well. And right now as we're praying, perhaps you have a significant decision that you're thinking through and I just wanna give you a moment just you and God, just to voice up a, a prayer, a whisper to say, God, help me in this decision I'm trying to make. Maybe your prayer is say, God, give me wisdom. And you wanna pray that right now. Maybe it's a prayer of discernment. God, give me discernment. Give me courage. Help me see what I don't see. Open my eyes. Help me know where to go to get to advice for this decision. Just right now, just pray with you and God. God, help me make a decision that pleases you. And while you're praying, there might be some who've never made the ultimate decision which is a decision to receive the gift that God decided to give to you. And that's the gift of forgiveness from all of your sins, a relationship with God, the hope of heaven, freed from guilt and shame that you don't have to carry anymore, to put the past in the past, to move forward, freed up from sin into your future, not only with a clear conscience, but with a heart filled with the love of God. You can make that decision today by simply praying a prayer like this. You can repeat these words after me in the genuine the genuineness of your heart, God will hear you. Just pray, God in heaven, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I need you, Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins. I receive you into my life. Jesus, help me to live for you, to make my decisions in a way that please you. I invite you in to be my Lord, to be my leader, to help me make decisions to please you. It's in your name I pray, amen. Now listen, if you made a decision today, this Christmas season, we wanna hear from you. You can go to our website and you can click on this link and you can fill out this form and get in touch. Let us know about your decision. Let us know how we can help you and how we can pray for you this Christmas. And for all of you, we hope to see you next Sunday for our big Christmas service. Right on. Wow, what a great day it has been. I'm so thankful that we were able to spend time as a CE family, growing in our faith, learning about Jesus and spending time in worship together. You know, there are so many ways that you can get connected. You may say, this is my church experience family, but I have some questions or it's my first time and I would love to get connected. We can answer all of that and get to know you at church experience website on the connect section. If you'll just stop right by there. You know, another way to stay connected with us is to check out the church experience website in depth. You can get some CE merch there if that would be fun for you. You can learn about events that are coming up. You can even learn about the church's history and what we believe. So many great things on that website. Make sure you take time to check that out. We can't wait to see you again next week for another great service. So glad you came today. We'll see you.